Uh, hello, this is Sideline He. I am Imran Chibishi, and he is Imran Mukhtar. And later today, we're going to be joined by Noah Tadeli. Today's topics consist of what we think about DAC's extension, uh, what do we think about Jadavian Clowney's extension, how, do, how was the off-seasons of the Cowboys and the Niners, who has the brighter future, the Mavs or the Grizzlies, and our thoughts on the future of the U.S. men's national soccer team. But first, we start off with, do we think Dak will get extended by July 15? Don't be biased. I, I'm talking um, to you, Cowboy fan. Don't be biased. Yeah. You think Dak will be extended right. by July 15? Tell the truth. Yes. Uh, yes. I really That's biased. That. I That's really... biased. No, it's How not. Is that not... All right, let's go. Let me hear why. All right, so if the Cowboys uh, leave it like it is, um, the cap is going to be 31.4 million. But if he signs the contract, the cap is going to go down so they have more money to spend. They can get Jamal Adams, all that. Still have 10 million left, by the way. Um, also, yesterday you said uh, the Cowboys are not getting Jerry, Jamal Adams. Now you're saying they are? And they, now you're getting off topic. No, I'm they can get him. Think they, will get extended him. by July 15th or not? That's the question. Yes. Yes. Because but plus, if they want to get Jamal Adams, better clear, clear up some space, because they're gonna to have to pay him later on, and you want to keep Dak. Look, look, because look, they look. they offered them. Dak, they they already offered him a thirty-five million dollar per year contract. All right, he wants yeah. more than that. If, they, uh, if this was an easy thing, this would have been done a long time ago. They're not gonna get a deal done by July. But it's a five-year deal, though. Not, huh? That was a five-year deal, not a four-year. He wants a four-year. They want a five-year. Yeah, they want a they they want a five-year deal, so the money adds up over time, so it's a little less annually. That's why they want five years. Yeah, and well, that's Dak that's agent is smart. He sees that his client yeah. threw for five thousand yards and what was it, thirty touchdowns and how many picks? Eleven picks, something like yeah. that. 5,000 yards. He wants him to get as much money as he wants. And the stats say though. What the winning percentage doesn't say, though, but the stats say he does. I mean, 40 wins past four years, not bad. Okay. Uh, I really so, what do you think, so, so do you think that the Cowboys are going to cave, or you think Dak is going to cave? Jerry Jones caves all the time. And the, the Cowboys are, I mean, Dallas is not going to, uh, not Dallas. It's going to cave them into the ground move. into losing seasons the next five years because they're going to be paying their quarterback about, how much is a salary cap table now? I mean, he's not Pat Mahomes. We're talking about Dak Prescott, okay? No, he's not Pat Mahomes. You're, he's not going to get 36, 37. Well, he, well Pat Mahomes is going to get more than Dak easy. Pat Mahomes is going to get more than Dak. And Deshaun Watson, same thing. When Lamar comes up, so the price is going to go up every year. And it's, it's going to be like pennies when, when they all get their money. It's not going to be really pennies. Not. You know why? Because the cap might even go down because of Corona. Yeah, but they can spread. They can spread um, whatever money they're gonna they're gonna get in the future. So if they get like a ten million increase, twenty twenty two, they can move some of it back. Okay, so what do you think is the tipping point? How much money? Uh, you're not paying him forty million or something like that. Maybe thirty seven. Ah. <sighs> The Cowboys clearly believe in Dak. That's why they, they 
they place the exclusive that uh, tag instead of doing the non-exclusive one. If they if they put the exclusive one, it would have paid him. Uh, I mean, they did that, so it would have, it would have paid him thirty-one million. But if it was non-exclusive, it would have been twenty-eight, and anybody can offer him a contract. And then if somebody you don't place a quarterback him, on a non-exclusive. How many teams use the non-exclusive? Well, you can get two, you can get two first-round picks for him. How many teams did he? You don't think he's worth? He's a quarterback. Why would they just let his quarterback let their quarterback go? Okay, first of all, they're paying him less. That's one. Two. Okay, two. You're getting two first round picks for him if he if he leaves. You don't think that is good, anyways? Dude, what you're saying Can't. is stuff that never happens. It's generalities. It's nothing. That's okay, never gonna happen. Nobody gets tagged though. Only Kirk, and they didn't believe in him. They didn't offer him any contract. Exactly. No one gets tagged. Nothing ever comes good of a franchise yes, tag. Yes, they paid. When's the last time a quarterback got franchise tag and he ended up getting extended on that same team? Wait, did I can't Drew remember at the top that? of my head. I don't know. Who? Did Drew Brees? I think what? so. I don't know. What? Okay. What? Did he just say Drew Brees? I think so. No. Are you crazy? All right, let's go. I don't. I can't remember last time a quarterback got franchise tagged and then got signed to an extension. It's not gonna happen. Especially, it's not gonna happen if, you know, if Dak's agent keeps being stubborn. I mean, what are, what team is gonna offer him a better contract than what the Cowboys last gave him? I really don't know. If you're crazy. You're gonna get overpaid. So that happens all the time. Uh. It's a very tough situation on both sides. I mean, the Cowboys still do need their quarterback, and Dak still needs a contract extension. But overall, I mean, I mean, it's just a tough situation. I don't believe he is, and for some reason, you have hope just because you're a Cowboy fan. It's pure bias, and anyone that's listening knows. So all you people that are listening, you you can hear his bias because there's no reasoning real reasoning he gave me except some stuff about exclusive tag or whatever all right but let's move on to the next topic which is who is going to sign Jadavian McClowney if he gets signed who who do we believe he's get? who do we believe will sign him go go. um the titans i think the titans can use a pass rusher all right uh i have another other teams too but the, the Titans can use their pass rush right now. Their Browns, defense is... Seahawks, is that your other teams? Uh, I have um, Texans, too. Texans. Oh. Go back to uh, Texans. He's familiar. He's familiar to the system and all that. Well, I think they fired a defensive coordinator. I don't think they're... So you think he's going to go back to Houston? No. After they uh, that's, just, that's just another team. Uh, I'm, Titans are my number one team. Yeah, Titans are my number one team just because I saw something that said Mike Vrabel actually wanted him. I didn't really see him. I didn't know how the hell he's going to get on the NFL roster with the money he has. It's just a little too late in free agency with the money he wants. Um, I thought he was going to go to Cleveland, but I I guess he just doesn't really want to go there. I mean, I I understand. I mean, it's very cold. It's not a good city. But, um, yeah, Tennessee is probably my favorite. Just because 
Mike Vrabel wants him there. They do have the money to get it off, and they do need a pass rusher. That's something they've been lacking these past couple of years. They got Cameron Wake, but he didn't really play that many games, and now he's yeah. I mean, he's that defense is good overall. It just needs a dominant pass rusher that can affect games. Well, I think the loss of Logan Ryan. Well, they drafted Christian Fulton. They'll be. I mean, he's still an unknown. We can't say anything about draft picks. Well, he said um, he's not going back to the Titans long term. Who said that? Logan Ryan. Maybe it's oh, like a mutual agreement or something. I know. I know that. I'm just saying that losses can affect them a lot. You don't think? They'll be all right. He joined. I think he's still joining. See him. Hello, Noah. Hello. What's up? Uh, I think your thing is still joining. I can see him. Noah, what's up? What's up? How's everything? It's good. I see you're rocking that Mavericks jersey. Yes, the only one I got. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Mavericks later. But right now we're talking about, so what letter grade will you give to the Cowboys offseason? Noah, you're the guest. Noah the Bruiser to Delhi. You have the stage. What letter grade would you give the Cowboys? All right. So when I got into this, I split it into two to determine like the letter grade actually. I split it into like the free agent grade and all the re-signings and stuff like that. And then the draft grade. And then I would determine an average and combine that together for the letter grade. Yeah, that's kind of what you I want did. Me to, yeah, you want me to go into just- Yeah, like, go into detail. Go into uh, I want to know. Which is straight right. the draft so, and free agency. Okay. So the free agency was not really as good as the draft for the Cowboys, to be yeah. honest. Um, really good. They, they got like nine players in free agency. Mainly, there's only a few of them, and some of them are like pretty old. Not like old, old, but like low 30s they're reaching their ends they may have added yeah, yeah they may is. have added um two d tackles to help that interior on the d line a free safety um, they added like they added gerald mccoy dontari poe haha clinics i mean they're still good but like it's like they're not at their best form as of right now and so did you give a then, specific grade to what how they did in free agency? Yeah. What, what would you give them? In free agency, my grade was around a C plus. C plus, yeah. okay. So maybe even though. How about draft? For draft, they drafted they had a really great draft. One I of agree. the best drafts. I agree. And yeah. What 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 would you give their letter grade as the draft? Draft. I would give him an A. A. So the average is that is D to minus, right? 
I believe. B plus. B plus. So B plus letter grade. For the Cowboys season. You thought there was a pretty lower free agency and a higher draft. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, but if I were to give them like um, grades just based on free agency and draft, I'd probably go C C minus C ish for um, dra- uh, for draft. I mean, for um, free agency and for draft, I'll give them an A all the way up to maybe even an A plus because every player that they got in the draft should have gone way below way their, early, their yeah. top four picks. I do believe mm-hmm. that CD Lamb CD Lamb should have should have been a top 15 pick easily. I don't know how he dropped to Dallas. But look, he should have gone out of 11. They did add a strength to strengths. They do have Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. So adding CD Lamb, you'll be like you'll be like a Cole Beasley on steroids. He's gonna be that slot receiver, but like a way better version. Um I agree. You can play just both. Adding a strength, yes. You can play both. Like he's fifty well, percent. I don't see him productive. I don't Amari really can play in the slots. Huh? They can put Amari in the slot sometimes. Yeah, Amari can play in the slot. I don't really see Michael Gallup being in the slot, but yeah, Amari yeah. is a good slot receiver. C D Lamb, maybe they switch. But still, it adds another target for Dak Prescott. And I also think in getting Neville Gallimore in the third round, uh getting a young D tackle, adding him to Gerald McCoy. I believe those two are gonna start. And I don't think Don Terry Poe's gonna start Don Terry Poe's gonna start. I think it's them too. And also getting Diggs the corner not being really a replacement for Byron Jones, but someone who can, you know, he has potential. He should have went in the first round. In my mock draft, I had him going in the first round, late first round. Um, All right. I also believe that the free agency, though, was a little weak because of, um, I mean, they didn't really solidify the place that they needed to solidify, like, uh, I don't believe that they signed any corners that I know of. They did get a ha-ha Clinton Dix. Yes? They got they they signed, like, Worley, two but corners, yeah. but, like, they're both not, like... They're not caliber. Not, not in Brian Jones. They're not, not good. Yeah, so if I had to give them a grade for the offseason, B minus, maybe B, but in that area, B minus, B. I gave them a B. Um, I, I like the draft. Like, I really loved it. They got value guys. CD Lamb should have went higher. Javon Diggs, first round pick. Like you, you said, you said them all. Well, I liked Coach McCarthy coming in instead of uh, Garrett. That yeah, gives them. A that, B that's plus also an me. offseason addition. Yeah, you can count that definitely. Yeah. So B plus for me. B plus or B. B plus. Say that again. Yeah, the coaching. The coaching just takes them higher. Yeah, the coaching definitely does. Being with mediocre eight and eight Jason Garrett for five years must have been miserable. Ten years, ten years. I meant to say ten years. Yes, I, mean, I watched all of those years. I thought it was yeah. That's yeah, when I started years. watching them. I I I, I, I know it's been a very very long time. I'm yeah, very interested very to long. see. I mean, I wasn't really a fan of Mike McCarthy. I mean, he won one Super Bowl and. What was it, nine seasons with Aaron Rodgers? But I definitely do believe he's going to build a team. Eight and eight, Jason, eight and eight, Garrett. And I do think that the Cowboys will push for a playoff spot, especially with seven, um, seven 
playoff teams. That starts next year, right? Yeah, uh, this year. Anybody have closing remarks about the Cowboys? No. no. All right. So our next question is, what letter grade do you give to the 49ers <coughs> offseason, my team? So I believe I go first. I'm not going to be biased. I'm going to give them a B to a B plus. I see your face. I see your face. Why I'll give them a B to a B plus. You, you, what, you think that's too high or too low? I want to hear this. You think that's too uh, high too or too low? low? Too low? Oh, you think you think they did better? Yeah, I have them higher actually. Well, I I had them B plus B B plus. Why? You never want to trade someone, a top player in that position in their prime. That's the only reason why I notched them below trading DeForest Buckner. But they did get Javon Kinlaw, which I really loved. Javon Kinlaw um, on a rookie contract. So that really helps. So I didn't really know during the draft and before the draft. Like, I knew him, but, like, I didn't do enough study. But after, I was more impressed. He did kind of fell off near the end of the year. Well, but that's because that wasn't really his fault because of um, uh, lack of, uh, what's the word, assertiveness, playing time. But, like, that, those are things that can get a lot better with the Niners. I think he's definitely going to be a starter right off the bat. That, de- def- de- that defensive line will still be deadly. I also love the addition, love the um, not signing of Emmanuel Sanders and instead trading up and getting Brandon Ayuk, who is a receiver after the catch player. He catches screens. He's like a Debo. He, he's not really a guy that can that's good with reverses and stuff, but like he's a he's like a Debo, but like he has a deep threat too. I do believe he's gonna be better than a Debo. He was drafted higher than what Debo was. But that doesn't mean anything. But, yeah, I do believe he's still going to be a Debo, uh, uh, good as Debo. I also like them re-signing Jarek McKinnon, who did great two years ago with Minnesota. He really fits that Niners offense, re-signing Jarek McKinnon and trading away Matt Breida, who hardly played the end of the year. I also like trading away Marquise Goodwin, who's just a, a guy that was just there. I mean, he could do he, – he did deserve to play, but he didn't – we just have too many wide receivers now with Dante Pettis coming back and Jalen Hurd coming back and having Ayuk and Debo. That's a lot of receivers. So I think trading him away was good. And um, uh, the addition of um, Trent Williams was one of the biggest in this offseason. I do believe he's not a better player overall than Joe Staley was, but a few oh, yes. based on the last couple of years between Joe Staley and Trent Williams, I believe Trent Williams is a great upgrade in that offensive line, which will make our run game just even more deadly. Think about how it was last year, now compared to this year. But yeah, I give 49ers a B plus. Okay. I gave them an A minus. Okay. All right. Um, I like them not not just losing Buckham for free next year. They got something for him, a first round pick, and Javon Killa was really good. Also, like the replacing replacing Joe Staley with. Oh, can I add something? Man, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, well, I would have gave them an A minus, but part of the reason why I gave them a B plus is we did give Eric Armstead five year, eighty five million, and I'm not quite um, sold on him. I mean, his his average is his average. His uh, he just starts started playing a lot last year. His stats are not really that good, and when I see his production, I'm I don't see five year, eighty five million, but that's just me. So okay. keep going. Um, but you don't want to you don't want to pay 
the force yeah you don't want to like pay Buckner more. 21 million a year yeah yeah and then you're paying bosa like yeah bosa's coming George long Kittle. time ago but um i just think that they didn't pay they don't overpay by getting both guys so they got they got a rookie deal player and then they also got re-signed Kyle Shanahan for six years six he's their future years. coach and overall great offseason for the Niners so you a minus okay uh how do you think of the Trent William only for a third and a fifth that practically was, nothing for that that was a play. steal that was a steal but I think he might it might take him a little bit of time to get back to what he was but yeah. But you got an early uh, early season is very easy, so he can he can come back. Okay, so Noah. Okay, they had probably one of the best free agencies, just as resigning, taking care of their players, and they had a pretty decent draft. My letter grade for them was an A minus, and this is why. So. Yeah, you could be questioned by paying Eric Armstead about $15 million a year. But if you have somebody that's a part of that beast defensive line like they have, you have to pay. You have to pay someone. They got that. They re-signed Jimmy Ward, which is important. This is one of their free safeties. He played really good in 13 of the 16 games he played last year. They also re-signed Ronald Blair, who was a great defensive end last year, so they can replace the Force Buckner. And like you said, with Jarek McKinnon, that's a big piece because because they lost Brita. I mean, they still have Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert, but Jarek McKinnon was supposed to be there originally if he hadn't got injured in the yeah he fits the Niners perf- system perfectly too if you look at what he did with Minnesota I mean it's basically carbon copy with what Kyle Shanahan ran with the Niners the la- past couple of years that zone power zone run scheme I mean they had a great free agency because not only did they lose Joe Staley they lost Mike Person and they refilled that with Ben Garland who was, well, ben who was already there? Like, ben Garland was already there, but like they still kept him. They got Tom Compton, yes, they as did. A center, Sean Coleman as a tackle to pair with Trent Williams. Well, I think he's going to be more of a guy that's going to come off swing, the bench because we have Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, yeah, Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, and Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick yes, getting Bourne, keeping Kendrick Bourne, really putting that second round tender on it was, was perfect. It he was restricted. We put a second round tender on him. Okay. Yeah. So and did he sign it? Yeah, he did. He, he signed yeah. it last week, I believe. And then the draft, they just they added another defensive tackle to Beast Without Line. They added Brandon Ayuk to pair with another group of wide receivers. So now they have Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel when he comes back, Kendrick Bourne, Dante Pettis. They have a lot. They have more than Jalen Hurd, who's going to be Jalen Hurd, the surprise of next year. He's my surprise. They drafted, of next year. They drafted an old lineman, and I believe the fourth or third round. Colton. They also drafted another one in the sixth. And they got a wide receiver then, in the seventh. A guy yeah, that should have won like the fourth round. Yeah. And overall, they 
they got an A minus. It's my letter grade. So y'all believe that the Niners had a better offseason than the Cowboys? Not to yeah. compare, but y'all do. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was really equal. I think that the I think the Cowboys had a better draft. The Niners had better trades and free agency. But I also think that the Niners had a good draft to kind of level it up. So I do believe that the Niners improved more in the offseason than the Cowboys did. And the Niners went to the Super Bowl. So how much more can you improve? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Emmanuel Sanders is a loss, but I think Debo will improve in his second year. I think Brandon Ayuk is going to surprise people. And hopefully Dante Pettis and Jalen Hurd stay healthy. Add that to Kendrick Bourne, who was a great red zone target last year. I mean, how many touchdowns? Most people, most people like expect say what? Most people expect a Super Bowl hangover from the teams that lose. But this team is literally right at that same level. Too talented anywhere. for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, we're not like the Rams. There's nobody really that the 49ers are overpaying like the Rams are. Like, we don't have an overpaying. They didn't, you don't have a Todd Gurley that you overpaid. what? You don't have a Todd Gurley that you overpaid. And Jared and Goff. They pay Jared Goff a lot. I mean, we're playing. We paid Jimmy the quarterback high then, 27 mil. Now that looks like a dollar in our pockets. That's what it looks like, 27 million. They're paying Jimmy G like a Kirk Cousins, but Jimmy G is the better quarterback. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. What team has a brighter future? Bavs or the Grizzlies? And yes, both of them are Mavs fans. Obviously, the Bruiser has not a Mavs jersey on. And Imran supports the Mavs all the time. No, I don't. He calls himself a Warriors fan. I'm not a Mavs fan. Don't even lie. No, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Imran, just defend Luca from your hate. That's that's all it is. No, you support the you say you support the Warriors, but then you support the Mavs all the time. Wait, I just defend Luca. Uh, the Warriors. Oh, okay. Right, let's get back on topic, even though I'm calling out a biased bandwagon. Keep going. So you'll start I'm not off. A Mavs fan. One last what time. team has the brighter hey, stay on topic, bro? What team has a brighter future? The Mavs or the Grizzlies? Should I go? Yes. Okay. I think it's the Mavs, and it's not close. Look at Doncic is not I, look close. Look at Doncic. Yes. Look at Doncic and Porzingis. Tell me, tell me they have an, uh, anybody anybody that's close to them. I got some. John Morant and then wait, I'll Jackson. Some. J- I'll wait. I'll wait. Just based on young players, or based on overall based team? Based on young Bet. duos. They nah. have the better team right now, and they have a better duo. Like better yes, young they have a better players. duo, but their duo doesn't have better chemistry than what Jaron Jackson and um, John Morant has. John yeah, Morant but they can build that anytime next year. They have Porzingis. How old is he? He's still young. So Luca is twenty-two. And he's fragile. And look, and fra- fragile. Look, when you compare both teams' future, young core, obviously the Mavs do have the best player. But when you look down the Mavs roster, most of them are like 28, 29-year-olds. I mean, most of the Grizzlies, I mean, look at Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks, John Moran, Jaron Jackson, Tyus Jones. I mean, it's a young team. Josh Jackson. They're all young guys under the age of 24. And they're all good guys that were lottery picks in the draft, most of them. Yeah, but the Mavs can replace role players and free agency and all that. Like, it's that easy? I'm asking who has the brighter future. 
right now yeah, when no, you look at the that. rosters, what team has a better young core? And if you say the Mavericks, then you're just looking at one guy, which is not right. Look at the whole I'm team. At Who has the brighter? Guys. I'm looking at two guys you can build around. I'm looking at two guys you can build around too, with a bunch okay. of young guys. But, but Luca and but Luca and Porzingis are better though. Maybe Noah's. Okay, look. If you're talking about who has the brighter future, look, this was a tough one. This is not no Mavs not Yeah, close. this is not close. I mean, I can see if you say Mavs close. I, but I'm going to go with the Mavs, but this is very close because the Grizzlies have a younger team. The Mavericks, and no, and they both have young superstar games. Don't mm-hmm. sleep on Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. KP is fragile. Jaron Jackson Jr. got hurt, but like KP, he's like, if he can stay healthy, Jackson, yeah. Jaron Jackson's KP, not a good rebounder. You got to build that. I know, but KP has, what's it called? It took him time. I know it's off an injury, but it took him time to get back into his groove. Some games, it would just be Luka. I, I still don't the believe he's back in his groove yet. Przingis, he still get better. That's okay. not what I'm saying. I, I, Przingis but, had a, was playing great like before a quarantine. He was literally playing, uh, dropping 30 a night, all that. Luca was injured at one I point. I know, and then but that, was, yeah, that getting, wasn't the whole Luka's season. Luca's getting injured a lot, too. Three well, injuries this year? Huh? He has, but he's not as fragile as KP. KP's fragile. But well, I mean, KP had one where, freak injury that took him out for, yeah. like, two seasons. I mean. Here's, here's where it takes the Mavs over the Grizzlies. Yes, the Mavs have some 29, 28-year-olds, and the Grizzlies are younger. But the Mavs have a better supporting cast. The Mavs don't have to depend on Luka and KP all the time. Sometimes it can come from Maxi Kleva, Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson. It can come from those. They have a better supporting cast. And, and they have they a championship have, coach. That's that's have, the main that's the main X factor. The who, coaching who, is just is just like Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. The coaching. Rick Carlisle, Taylor Jenkins. Okay. Twenty yes. year head coach versus a one first year okay, head coach. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, y'all are mixing up the question. I said which team has their brighter future, which means young core. Come on. Which team has a well, better young coaching core? Coaching matters too. Huh? Coaching does coaching matter. matters. If you're trying to guide a young team, you need a coach. Yeah, a coach like Rick Carlisle, who's not really used to developing players, but are used to trying to get players over the humps. When you look at it, yes, you have something to say? Oh, oh, who did he help in his career? He's, one, he's, he's a win-now coach. I mean, Taylor Jenkins, uh, we haven't really seen enough of him, but what, from what he's seen so far, he's a good player developer. I'm not saying he's a better coach by any means necessary. What I am saying is, I mean – one coach has shown that he can develop players a lot more than the other. Yes? Luca's doing pretty, gay, uh, pretty great under him, so. I mean, Luca played professional before he got there. Isn't it? Yeah, true. But he also, he also knew what to do with Luca. He gave him the reins immediately, like midway through the season last year. He's like, Luca's my guy. I gotta, I'm going to give him the ball. Point guard. And he put him at point guard. The brighter features. Also, not always about the young core. Yes, that's the main thing, but you got to look at the coaching. You already explained that. You got to look at the depth. 
the Grizzlies, besides John Morant, they don't really have depth at the guard position. Uh, well, I can say the same Tyus thing Jones, for the Mavs I mean, at the wing Tyus position. Jones, decent just a backup. Just huh? a backup, really. Yeah, he's a, I mean, they do have a backup at guard position. They also have Dylan Brooks, a deadly shooter, a young guy too. I mean, their whole starting five is young, except um, Jonas Valanciunas. I don't, I don't know how old is he at the top of my head. Yeah, but, but in the young core, the Mavs can space the floor with, like, their young team, which as the Grizzlies, their young core is not as really good at spacing the floor. I mean, really, I mean, it really depends. I mean, what you see, what John Morant did the first year with his team, and what did you see what Luca did the first year with his team? Who's more impressive? I mean, John Wait. Morant is leading his Wait, team to the playoffs, averaging oh. 27, 27. No, not, and, no, not 27, 20 points, seven uh, assists, and I forgot how many. It's like 18. Okay. No, he's averaging 20. Maybe 20. I'm, I don't know. Okay, uh, I was about to say something. Yes. All right. Um, let's move. You have not. Are you gonna say something? Just keep talking. Yeah, I'm done. I, I mean, I just believe that what um, the Grizzlies are building is something special, and I believe that the Mavs are gonna have to do a lot more work in future trades and free agency than the Grizzlies are going to have to do because all their guys are going to be at their peak at the right time. Well, well, the Mavs, they have like their rosters all shaked up. They have a veterans and then they got um, two young guys. I mean, they're more of a win. They're more of a team that win the next three years while the Grizzlies have. Grizzlies are win the next five. Having better veterans is a good thing though. And I don't think you have Luka a young Luca and Przingis. Huh? You have a young uh, Luca and Przingis. Having veterans is not bad. It's not bad. You can have Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway. But it's not all about. It's not all about Luca and KP. What he's trying to say yeah, is they about have a good team. the other people that are young. The Seth Currys, the Tim Hardaway Juniors, the Jalen Brunsons, the Dory Finney-Smiths, the Maxi Clevers, the Dwight Powells, the Grizzlies, oh the Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Boban, but the Dylan Brooks, the Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon, Brandon Clark, really Clark Brandon Clark has come up crazy. He's come up significantly great. Brandon Clark was doing good before coronavirus hit. He was having good games. I was really impressed. Was with him. Too. All right, well, Noah, thank you. Noah the Bruiser, thank you for joining the show today. I hope we will see you sometime in the future. Have a good day. Is that man? Anyone you got anything to say? Um, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Peace out, man. Okay. All right, so our next and last topic of Sideline Heat, it's kind of a weird one. It's our thoughts on the U.S. men's national team. All right, I'll go first. Contrary to what many experts think, I actually do think that the U.S. men's national team is very good. I mean, young and has a bright future in that to building a team that's going to hit its peak at the 2026 World Cup, which comes back to America. I mean, just on the top of my head, getting Sergino Dest. I mean, 
he has the potential to be one of the best right backs in football. From what I've seen at Ajax, I mean, he has transfer, uh, he has transfers, um, rumors to Barcelona, Manchester United, um, a lot of top teams in Europe. I believe that he was the biggest win that we had in 2019. I mean, that was our biggest win, securing Sergino Dest, getting him capitalized into the U.S. men's national team. Because don't forget, he could have played for the Netherlands national team. He was born and raised there, but he joined America, and we got him capitalized, and now he's the right back of our future. I mean, I mean, Yedlin is really good too, but I don't think he's as good as what Sergio Dest is going to be. Also, Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams. I mean, Weston McKinney. This is a great roster. Even when you look at MLS, um, what's his name? Paxton Pomico from FC Dallas. I mean, this is a young team that's going to be hitting its prime at the right time. Uh, Giovanni Reyna, I do believe he is going to be one of the best. He was, uh, he'll probably, It'll probably be second. It'll be him and Pulisic. Uh, I don't know. They're very similar players, so they're going to have to work to get incorporated to how the style is going to be. But both of those players are great, great young players. I mean, Pulisic is the new – I mean, Reyna is the new Pulisic. I mean, he's the Pulisic of 2020 with Dortmund, just like him. I think he's going to be leaving around the same time. Pulisic is just a great young player. He scored. He had a wonderful assist. I mean, his vision, his unselfishness to play that ball to Erling Haaland in the last game. I mean, Giovanni Reyna is something special. And him, McKinney, Mia, even Miazga and Richards, uh, Richards from Bayern Munich, who made his first game appearance last uh, a couple of days ago. Timothy Weah, Josh Sargent. It's just a lot, lot of young players that are playing in the top clubs in Europe that are starting and that are being productive. I think this is one of the best teams U.S. men's national team is going to have. Not right now, but in the future when they all hit their prime. Um, Imran, do you have anything to add? Yeah, they just got to build on the young core they have. They're all going to grow together. And then I think we'll be a really good uh, men's team. I'm not really sold on Coach Berhalter yet. Um, I believe that there was, he did say make some mistakes in tactics and lineup choices in the, and even squad choices, not bringing Sargent and leaving him out of the U20 World Cup, things like that. And uh, they don't really have an identity, if that makes sense. Uh, he, I don't know what type of system he wants, and I don't know why he keeps playing Zardis, who's – I mean, everyone says he's underappreciated. I don't really – understand why he's even making the squad anymore. He, I, I, don't see, I don't see his importance to the U.S. men's national team anymore. And I also like the fact that he's keeping some veterans, not taking out everyone. He's keeping Altidore and, Byron, uh, Altidore and um, uh, Bradley, who's both probably going to make the team in 2022. I also think that he should bring back uh, Tyson Ch- uh, what's his name? Chandler from uh, Frankfurt who had a great resurgence this last year. And I think he still wants to play for the U.S. men's national team. So he'll be a good addition. I also think Fabian Johnson bringing him back to actually play in the midfield will be great if the U.S. can pull it off. I know he wants to, but he hasn't played a game since the failure at the 2018 World Cup, not trying to qualify for that World Cup. So bringing back some more veterans will also be a good addition. And, you know, giving Greg Berhalter one more tournament, the next Gold Cup, to really assess him and to know whether he's the future or not for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah. Next step for the U.S. men's national team, 
qualify for the World Cup. That would be the main thing. Yeah, actually, I believe the next step for the Yes Men's National Team is qualifying for the Olympics. Get that generation generation ready because if you qualify for the Olympics, 24 to 28, that's the people that are going to be playing in that World Cup that comes to USA. Those young players qualify for the Olympics, get them playing time on the big stage, maybe even get some of the young guys who are playing in European clubs, like maybe try to get Pulisic and Adams and McKinney onto the roster. Who knows? I mean, I like the future. I like the future for the U.S. And I believe that we're going to do some big things in the next World Cup, in the year and the World Cup after. All right, well, this is the end of Sideline Heat. I am Imran Shabish, of course. He is Imran Mukhtar. Thank you for watching and like and subscribe, please. See you later.